Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from the Matthew, the 11th chapter. Concerning John, Jesus spoke, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Truly I say to you, those born among women, there is arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Dear friends of Christ, you know, if you've ever had children, those children come with dreams. And we say, as we hold that newborn infant, this one's going to be great. We say, it's going to be great in music and, and great in sports, and he may be a genius. And then after a few years, a few months of dirty diapers and sleep deprivation, uh, usually parents become a little more humble, humbler in their in their aspirations, and a little more balanced. They still have dreams for their child, but of course, uh, a little more reasonable. New Testament, though, talks about two people who are defined as great. They are great, and of course, one of them is Jesus. And Jesus knew about greatness, and Jesus said this of John, truly among those born of women, there is risen no one greater than John the Baptist. The greatness of John the Baptist was predicted long before he was even born. Um, again, the angel Gabriel told Zechariah that his wife, Elizabeth, who was barren, would bear a son. And Gabriel foretold, he, John the Baptist, will be great in the sight of the Lord. And so John's greatness was proclaimed by Jesus. John's greatness was proclaimed by Gabriel. Now those are impressive expectations. And so we consider our theme, expect great things. Expect great things. John was a great prophet. However, by the time of our gospel reading, the opinion of John had begun to fizzle. That fire-eyed wilderness preacher we met last week, uh, now, since that time, dared to challenge Herod to confront Herod in his sin. See, King Herod was an evil man. He's a bad guy. He was ruthless. As a matter of fact, he, uh, he had his own wife killed and his own son killed because they were a threat to the throne. But he loved his wife. And he loved his son. Love? Well, that's the love of a ruthless man who kills the people that he loves to protect his throne. And we call him Herod the Great. If you go to Israel today, and if you've been there, you've seen the buildings, the places that he's erected, impressive structures. Herod did great things, but people feared him. He had whole towns wiped out. He was... He was evil. And even took his brother's wife away from him to be his own. And how does all, what does all this have to do with John the Baptist? Well, John confronted Herod's sin. He said, Herod, what are you up to? Sleeping with your brother's wife. What do you, you think you can do that and walk in eternity? Repent. Change, turn away from your sin, turn back to the Lord. 
How do you think that went? Yeah, it didn't go so well. Herod had John arrested. And Herod, if he's willing to kill a wife that he loves and a son that he loves, what do you think he's going to do to John? Kill him? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what he did. He, he removed John's head from his body. Now, would we call someone like that great? The world does. Still calls, calls him Herod the Great. However, the world doesn't call John great. You won't hear people talking about John the Baptist. The angel Gabriel does. Jesus does. God does. This guy with long hair and dressed weird. Ate honey from, from hollow trees. But great? It was different. Different kind of guy, but great? A little weird, but great? No, not, not by the standards of most, but, but let me ask you this. What great things did John do? Of course, still, if John were told to expect great things, expect great things. John didn't seem great. In fact, now he's in prison, and of course, uh, he sent his disciples to talk to Jesus and to ask them a question. Are you the one? Are you the Messiah? Are you the chosen one? Are you the one who is to come? The one Israel's been waiting for? The one the prophets have talked about for years and years and years and years and years. Are you the one? Or should we look for another? By asking that question, some contend that John's faith was kind of wavering, that it was getting wobbly. He wasn't sure if he could trust anymore. Every great man has doubts, so that makes sense. I mean, that could be, right? John's faith was getting a little sketchy. Especially when you're languishing away in prison, you'd think it would make sense that John had second thoughts about Jesus. It's a definite possibility. John was only human after all, but there's another possibility and one that is more likely, more probable. John was simply doing what John does best. He knew, he'd been hearing that Jesus was healing and doing all the things that the Messiah would do, and he wanted his apostles, he wanted his followers, his disciples, to go and follow Jesus. John did what he does best. He pointed his, his followers to the Messiah. And of course, he wanted his disciples to hear Jesus' answer. And so he sent them to talk to Jesus. And Jesus' answer was from Isaiah the prophet, quoting of the Messiah, the prophecy of the Messiah, the words famously spoken, you probably know them, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. To sum it all up, Jesus simply said, expect great things. And Jesus was doing great things. He was doing all the things that the Messiah was supposed to do. He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. He was cleansing the lepers, making the lame walk, doing everything. And John the Great, well, he wanted everybody to know Jesus. John the Great, he wants you to know Jesus. 
want you to understand the greatness. John pointed to Jesus and said, He who comes from heaven is above all. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase and I must decrease. John knew his days were done. It's time for him to decrease. Time for Jesus to rise. And that's exactly what happened. You know Christ Jesus suffered and died and ascended into heaven. John knew what needed to happen now. He had to take a step back. Jesus needed to increase. He needed to decrease. Take a back seat. And of course, Jesus ascends into heaven to sit at the right hand of God. Jesus increased. And John died to become one of the great saints of antiquity. John decreased, Jesus increased. That's what happens to us in the season of Advent. That's what we must do. We must decrease. Decrease in our desires for ourselves, what we want to do, what we want to accomplish, and let Christ in us increase. You humble yourself as you stand before God. That's what we do. Confess our sins, humble ourselves, and proclaim His glory. We get ourselves out of bed. We, we come to church to sing hymns to our God because He's worthy of our praise. To acknowledge the truth. Jesus is greater than me. Jesus is greater than you. Jesus is greater than all. Jesus does the great things. He's a great God who comes into the manger. He's the God of the universe. Expect great things. And Jesus continues to do great things in your life, in the world, in the universe. But most importantly, expect Jesus to do great things for you because John is pointing you to Jesus. You know what, why John was so great? It's because he humbled himself, became a servant. He willingly proclaimed that God is great. Willingly let God do great things for him. Willingly let God make him be great. And humbly proclaimed Christ so that Christ might do great things for us. John was captivated, captivated by God. John was consumed by the word, devoted his ways to the things of God, to serve God. Constantly expressing his faith by how he lived. Constantly doing and loving. Can we do less? Do we have a lesser God? Is our God less great? Do we have a lesser God to obey? No, no, no. Our, our God is great. Now, John could have served the world, but John chose to serve the Lord. It's what we do. We could serve the world, but no, no. We claim to have a Savior, a, a one who loves us, a God who's with us, a God that we will follow and we choose to obey. And that's what John did. He didn't care what people thought about him as he preached. He didn't care if people loved him or not. John didn't care what he wore. You know, he didn't have rich clothing and all the fancy stuff. 
Camel hair was good enough. Didn't need a fancy house. He didn't need the fancy car. Living in the wilderness was sufficient. The wilderness, the desert was sufficient. He didn't care if people thought he was great or not. Unlike many people, John was humble. He decreased so Christ could increase in him. And John's message was simple. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was a message that never goes out of style. We preach it today just like he preached it then. And again, John preached it. He didn't care what was on his table or in his wine cellar. Wild honey was sufficient because Jesus was his all-sufficiency. Jesus was all that he needed. And that's what made John great. Jesus was all John needed, all John wanted. Is that what makes you great? John was a great man. He freed himself from all the patterns and expectations of the world around him. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be freed from all the expectations that draw us away from Jesus? John was a nonconformist in really the purest sense. He did not conform to the ways of the world. He conformed his, his life to Christ. Nothing else mattered. Live for Christ. His voice, his finger, his baptizing, it all pointed people. There's the Messiah. There's the Jesus. There's the one to follow. Conformity to Christ. That's what made him one of a kind. That's what made him a great prophet. However, the world doesn't call John the Baptist great because the world doesn't understand the things that made John the Baptist great. The world doesn't understand humility. The world doesn't understand selflessness. Jesus was great, too. He was selfless. He was a humble man. It was humility that caused him to be born in a feeding trough, in a manger. It was humility that caused him to come into earth to, to die on a cross. John was great. Jesus is greater. John did great things. Jesus does the greatest things. And you believe in him. Expect great things. Expect him to do great things for you. Conform your ways to the Lord. It's the season of Advent to repent. Season of Advent to turn to the Lord. And let the Holy Spirit work in your life and see what happens. Unfortunately, many of us aren't great. We don't conform our ways to the Lord. We conform our ways to the world. And we conform... The, the secular sleaze of our modern culture is what affects our attitudes and our desires, our behavior. But it'd be nice to be free from all that, wouldn't it? Independent. But we go with the crowd. We go what the rest of the world is doing. We go with the flow. Even when the flow is leading us away from Christ. Because it's comfortable to do that. So many refuse to conform their lives to Christian beliefs, to Christian morals, to Christian standards, to Christian doctrines. Instead of conforming our lives to Christ, we conform to all, all the wrong things. To a culture filled with lust and greed. Selfishness. We trust our own opinions more than we trust the Word of God. We love our pleasures and we love the things we get to do more than we love the gifts that God has given us in this world and more than we love God himself. 
We're just like the world. It's nice to be normal. We're like the world. It's nice to be accepted, to, to belong. But being nice in this world doesn't make us great in the kingdom of God. Jesus called John great. He also said that even the least and the lowly in his kingdom are greater than John. You know what that means? It means you're great. God has made you great. Jesus has done great things for you, died for you to make you great so that you can rise up above all that. And if you want the boldness of John, if you want the desire to conform to Christ, to the things of Christ, if you want the advent greatness of John the Baptist in your life, you'll find it in the cross of Jesus. And Jesus does come to you this Advent, and he comes to do great things for you. He comes to forgive you, he comes to strengthen you, he comes to encourage you, he comes to uplift you, he comes to be with you, he comes to live with you. Never give up on you. He comes as the infant in the manger. Jesus is your great Savior. Expect him to do great things, to do great things for you, not just in this life, but in the life to come. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.